Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning and happy Election Day in the United States of America. This is Steve Schultz, uh, founder, along with my wife, of both the Elijah List, which you need to be on there. It's no cost, and Elijah Streams that you're watching right now. We have a really packed show, so I'm moving pretty quick. Uh, we were going to start with Donay uh, Clement uh, Petruska uh, in her second show with us, but um, we're putting one part of a show here because, as many of you know, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht were arrested a number of days ago, and they just got released like 24 hours ago. I'm not sure on the exact timing. And I'm gonna we're bringing them on. They only have a few minutes, but we wanted to get an update of what happened, the whole prison thing, and the results, and anything else they want to share. So, without any further delay, let's bring on Greg and Catherine, Greg Phillips and Catherine um, Engelbrecht. I hope I'm saying that right. Here we go. Both prophets and patriots. Good morning. It's somebody's. It's it's Happy Freedom Day for you guys. When did you get out of the lockup? Indeed, it was. Um, uh, I guess around two o'clock yesterday afternoon central. So we're not out quite twenty four hours yet. Wow. And um, and frankly, had thought that that we would you know be able to uh, get our sea legs a little a little further underneath us before heading to another flight. But, but we, as you can tell, we're both in cars now headed. Uh, Headed back wow. out into the field. So wow, crazy! Yeah, I hit the ground running. So how long were you in lockup? And tell the people what you, you know. You know how to parcel out your time for all we we need to hear from you. So you start wherever you want to start, Catherine. Tell us the story. Sure. So um, we were we went into lockup on um, October the thirty first. Uh, we we knew that that would likely be our fate. Um, that we had been given sort of an ultimatum by the by the judge. Uh, in federal court uh, the previous Friday, and then on Monday morning we were basically, you know, pulled before before his um, before his court and sentenced, and then spent the next eight days in in lockup. Now, and what did a, he what What did he want you to do? What was the ultimatum that he that, and that he locked you up because you didn't make meet the well, ultimatum? Uh, Ultimately, it was, it's, it's kind of convoluted. He, he kind of threw out this requirement that we give the name of, of someone who uh, was proximate to a, a situation early in this, this whole case. We talked about, Greg talked about being shown some data. And, and, and so in cross-examination, it came up that there was another person that was in, in a room, it had nothing to do with the case, had nothing to do with the temporary restraining order that we were originally held to account for. And so it was, you know, when you really go back and you read the transcripts, it's, it's both my opinion and Greg's that, look, we, we were going to go to jail for something. That, yeah. that court and that judge wanted us in jail the week before midterms. And, um, you know, the, the, the naming of someone became the hook to hang us on, but we were going to be hung out some kind of way and um and we we're blessed that we were able to uh put together a, a quick appeal thankful for our, our legal representation uh, appealed that to the fifth circuit court one and uh and were released as i say yesterday um coming up here on 24 hours ago so it's been 
it's been quite the experience and I'm going to put myself on mute and let Greg share, share with you uh, his thoughts. Yeah. To, and anything you want to share, Greg, I just want to ask one question is what kind of experience did this be? Or were you treated with kid gloves in prison or in jail, whatever you call where they locked you up or where they tried to humiliate you? What, what was your sense on that as well? Well, first let me say that uh, uh, we were, we were, first uh, order remanded to the custody of the United States Marshal Service. And uh, across the board, the United States Marshals uh, um, treated us with dignity, respect. Wow. Uh, we have nothing but respect for them. Um, and uh, the leadership of the prison that we were sent to was also uh, uh, treated us with respect. Uh, there were a few situations that were um, uncomfortable. Um, you know, for instance, um, you know, Catherine was put into a place where she basically was on on view, kind of a Hannibal Lecter kind of a thing where people just be able to look in at her all night, day and night. And, you know, really difficult situation. I was put into um, administrative segregation where they put all the bad guys Jeez. and um, uh, strip searched and all of that. And so there were some indignities about it, but but none zero by the marshal service and the. Uh, that's um, good. Out, out, out of the ordinary, that is. Um, but that said, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't the Hilton. This was a prison. And uh, we, we spent uh, we spent seven days of our lives in there and and uh, for for contempt of court. And as Catherine said, I mean, simply because we would not name somebody that was uh, that was uh, in a meeting that I attended in uh, late January of 2021. And that said, you know, we got bombed. But just an interesting story, Steve. Um, when I was uh, testifying, or maybe it was Catherine, I can't remember which, maybe both of us, I can't remember. Mm. The, the conic lawyers, the plaintiff's lawyers, uh, were trying to show a bunch of videos of things that we had said online. And the one that they kept trying to pull up and kept trying to pull up was from, was from Elijah's stream. So oh, when, when I was on one of your shows and they couldn't pull it up. And, and, and I had I too many uh, hosts protecting you. I never ideas. smiled. I never laughed. I never said anything, but, but uh, it, it, we did. We, we both uh, uh, it wasn't lost in either of us that uh, that God certainly must have had a hand in uh, not letting those oh, streams wow. uh, be played in court because I don't think they ever did get them to work. So, oh, so wow. anyway, we were but, but we're out and um, um, uh, doing a few interviews today. Um, uh, we're heading out to uh, uh, to a particular problem um, that's occurring in a state and see if we can add our, our voice outside of uh, <laughs> Can I ask this real quick? And again, you tell me when your time is up, because I know you want to catch that flight. But in a nutshell, the the judge wanted to throw the book at you and get you in in lockup because he was trying to humiliate you because you were on the side of of I'm just gonna say you're true the vote, you're the famous two thousand mules. He didn't like you, and you then this this other case having to do. Uh, again, I don't know what you can or cannot say uh, where this gentleman was arrested for getting a database of poll workers in China. Can you say anything about that at all? You know, he wouldn't even let that other case be brought up. Uh, we tried to bring it up in our own testimonies, um, but the judge was uh, um, hostile, to say the least. Um, he, as Catherine said, he was going to put us in jail pretty much no matter what we did or said. He chose to put us in jail for contempt of court, meaning our refusal to name someone that was superfluous to the entire uh, to the entire effort. And um, you know, our our um, our you know our, our choice was to Go be forward. strong and to be firm, and to um, 
and as you know, Catherine and I often say, it's not always easy to do the right thing, but it's always right. And in this case, um, the right thing was not to name somebody and, and endanger them, their family and their lives uh, just for the sake of, uh, you know, just for the sake of some, uh, you know, evil plaintiff's lawyers and, um, and, Can you talk for a moment about, you know, so we, you know, we obviously as believers, which you guys are, we hear it, we talk about spiritual warfare all the time as believers, but this was lawfare. It's their form of warfare is lawfare where they try and wipe you out with legal bills. Is that, is that more of the same? That's why that was going to work to the, whoever has you thrown in now knows you've got now more tens and tens of thousands of dollars more to pay yeah, out just I'm to get you out. I'm going to let Catherine handle that. It's a great question. Kathy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Law, lawfare is uh, a play in the playbook. And I think we are currently under six different lawsuits right now. Uh, it's, and, and, and that's no end in sight. I mean, that is absolutely one of the ways that uh, those who stand against us uh, would, would seek to, separate to limit resources to to compromise our time and we are mounting a an aggressive both defense and offense to to stay ahead of this curve and and continue to fight back but, but okay. frankly the only reason that we were in a position to i mean the only reason we're out is that we were in a position to quickly put together an appeal to the fifth wow. court and push back um and it wasn't lost on us the the fact that we are blessed to have the resources to do that uh, were that not the case, I don't know, you know, well, I do know where we'd be. We'd still be yeah, in prison. Still be up, yeah. So it, it's, we are, this is being played for all the marbles. Uh, 2024 particularly is the, the, the soul of our country is at stake and God is working in amazing ways uh, to, to lift us up, but we have to be prepared to fight. And, yeah. and Greg and I are committed to that fight and, you know, I think you're going to see some amazing things out of this organization in the yeah. coming months and years, yeah, I wanna, but I wanna, we're not stopping. I want to encourage everyone, uh, oh, I was going to point down to it, but to, to go to truthevote.org. Uh, this is how we really want to help sow into these guys. Um, that's a, It's not, maybe you wouldn't call it a ministry, but it is a ministry. You're, you're bringing justice, righteousness and justice into this nation in, in the voting. So please go to truethevote.org and support them. Uh, and we, we want those legal fees to get paid for. Any last thing you would say about, because all the whole 2,000 mules was all leading up to this day, the 8th uh, of November. What Anything you would tell people as far as should they rush to the polls? Should they overwhelm the polls? What, what, what do you guys say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's right. I mean, you, you have to vote. No matter what, folks, you have to vote. They did try to silence us. They tried to do everything they could do to keep us from telling people exactly that. Get out and vote. If you get if you get to the polls and you have to stand in line, no matter, as long as you get there before the polls close, you'll get to vote. Um, the lines may be long, but do not leave that line and try to go somewhere else. Once you get in line and once you sign in, you have to stay there and vote. But... I would say at this point, um, as Catherine said, the stake, the sake of the country, the you know, for the sake of the country and and uh, and and for freedom, you you have to go vote. And all of your folks. I mean, so you if you arrive there, if you, if you can't get there, if you get in line 15 minutes before the polls are closed, someone shouldn't come to you and say, "Sorry, the polls are closed. You might as well go home." 
you're saying you are allowed to vote if you're in line before the polls close, right? Okay, all right, I'm seeing it. Yeah, so we really want to encourage uh, I know you guys have a plane to catch, and you're going to uh, hit the gas as soon as we say goodbye, but God bless you guys. Thank you, and I mean, you guys are heroic. I mean, you are the military people that we say thank you for your service, so we do thank you and honor you for your service. Thank you, both of you. So, All right, you guys, give me, thank go, you, Steve. go thank catch you. that flight. Blessings thank to you. Okay, see you all later. Okay, bye-bye. And we're going to now bring in Donna Petruska. I hope I'm saying it right. Clement. So let's go ahead and bring in Donna. And she's gone. There she is. Hey, did I say your middle name? Oh, it's the other way around. It's Donna Clement. Donna Clement Petruska, because when I got married, I just made my maiden name my middle name. That's good. Good, good, good. Well, you know, the, these all say different things. You know, the last time you were on, it was a very popular show. Uh, I, several of my own staff said, all right, that's like my top one or two shows ever. Okay. So it was very, very well received. So um, I know this is obviously voting day. This is that November day. And you've got, I think, up to seven videos or something. So I'm going to turn this over to you and just go for it. All right. And so I do have the seven, but I, I may not play them in order. Okay. Just because we might get to talking about those few and, and, and then we were sure some of it. If we want to talk about Roe versus Wade, if we want to talk about uh, the stone and that kind of stuff, if yeah. it's that far, then I have those there. But okay. the, what I was, I was saying earlier is the most important ones I'm just pulling up my list here are video two, video four and video five. Okay. Those are the most important ones. And also, if you want me to read the two presidents' prophecy, I can oh yeah, I mean that is very relevant right now. Totally. We don't have video or audio of him prophesying. We only have it in the database. So okay. I, I can just yeah, read. yeah. One video we have is me reading it and a transcription. So that's good. Why would I? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that's all I needed to let you know before we go. Those, okay. those three are the most important, and then if we have time, I'll refer to the others. So just whenever you're ready, you call for which one, and we'll do it. So we don't have to bother with doing that video one intro. We did that before. Um, yeah, the first one maybe, so we're probably good on that. Yeah, I think we'll we, – the first video, just tell them to line up video to Trump, and we'll do that one first. Okay, so ready to go? All yes, right, here we go with number two. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. No, you didn't, no, you didn't. Jimmy. Trump, Trump shall become, shall a, trumpet. become a trumpet. Are you listening, Are you to, you me? listening to me? I will rise, I will rise up. up. The Trump, the to, Trump become to become a trumpet will be a praying president, president, not a religious, not a religious one. one. But I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. But the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to the word of the Lord. God says, I will put it to a helm for two terms. A president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord. Now God says, a president that I will bring into the White House. And they will say he is ungodly. He does not know God. But ah, ah. 
Even as Jesus disguised himself for the great feast, so I have disguised this man's heart. And when he comes to the White House, not only shall he be mine, but he shall pray as a man that has never prayed in the White House. Is anybody excited about this? That same man, that same man says the Spirit of God shall put his feet onto this platform and God says they will say how did this take place laws shall change young men and young women shall have access into the kingdom and with authority into politics and with authority into the industries that now have been controlled by darkness because of this man that shall rule for another two terms for two terms God said do not fear for the Lord says there will be no unnecessary unnecessary stuff but there will be things that men shall question fear not for you shall sit in that seat and suddenly my spirit shall come upon him and baptize him with a fire and with anointing says the spirit of the Lord come on no more war my friend Kim. oh man i that, mean this song and you have to leave this the, i was going to try to cut it but that's all part of the prophecy so oh, it's beautiful it's, it's beautiful i know uh, donay does it see doesn't it seem to you it just seems to me you know kim's life was cut short the enemy got him somehow um and you know no one can answer those questions but does it seem to you that he's almost accomplishing more in death 
than he is than he did when he was here, which was in- yes. And you know, when when my dad passed away, I was with him, and I I had an incredible experience with God where he. Uh, I, I had to walk off and be alone. And I was in my hand was carrying my dad's mantle, which was a, a scarf that he would mm-hmm. wear. He, he put that on in 2009 after during his prayer time, he had just the most incredible experience. And he saw Christ in a mantle and he said, God told him to carry that, to wear it as a, a symbol of the responsibility of what he carried from that moment forth. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So the mantle, you'll, people hear us talking about the mantle. We don't always explain it. And, you know, I, I kind of think we need to because when my dad passed away, I had a mantle, one of his that I had been putting over him and praying over him. and I had carried that thing. I didn't wash it. I had whipped in it. And I held it up to God and I said, whatever you need me to do with this, because here I stood, my my dad was gone and I had found myself with this mantle in my hand and I understood symbolically what it represented. And so I I went off alone and I made a vow to God that I would do whatever it was that needed to be done so that all that my dad sacrificed and, and fought for, and us as a family too, that that would be fulfilled, that that would be returned, not void to God. You know, when I've told you this in person, when we've been together several times recently, or even online recently, but um, when Kim passed, um, I then I realized you guys were going to pick up the mantle of the ministry. Um, I remember thinking, man, I don't know how they could have more than a few months because his words are done and now, because he was always prophesying new, and so those will run out really soon. Well, how long has it been now? How long has he been? It'll be six years on November twenty first. But he he never went. He was not. He never prophesied again or was seen publicly again, except for a couple times. Uh, but he couldn't speak after Thanksgiving of two thousand fifteen. So from you know September of two thousand fifteen till now. Uh, and I, while dad was sick, was already going through stuff because I was trying to help everybody at the ministry so we could uh, just keep people informed what's happening with him. Yeah. And during that time, God was sort of training me and setting me up for what he had planned for me. I had no clue. You know, I also, we also thought, you know, we've probably got a few years. It's, you know, let's write a really great book and put all the prophecies together in a beautiful book that can be preserved and he can be remembered. But God had some surprises. And as I started going through the prophecies, I realized, well, this hasn't happened. This hasn't happened. And then they started happening. And especially when Trump was elected, it was so just spot on. And, you know, what we just watched, that last prophecy is one we just found, Steve. We, I tagged I've never seen that one before or heard about it either. Wow. We didn't know it was there. And and, uh, it wasn't even me. My cousin, uh, Llewellyn Roberts, he does uh, all my media and for us at the House of Destiny, social media. And he found it. And uh, he he brought it to me. And I thought, this is 2007. All of those are 2007. So you have February, I believe February, April, May, and then uh, July of 2007. And he was seeing Trump. He said Trump would be a trumpet. He saw the walls. He saw the economy. I mean, he saw the walls, sorry, and the economy. And uh, this president that would come. And so it was, you know, such a surprise to find this. And again, there you hear him saying two terms. And he even kind of slipped up and said another two terms. I'm not going to jump on that. (laughs) But he said two terms, two terms. And 
The first time outside two terms was from Maricopa County. And really you know, from Maricopa County, where all of this elections was. You know. He said two terms from Maricopa County. And that is that is a that's how the, the prophetic works. Like God will God will have it set up in advance because well, he's out of time, so not even in advance. But it's all set up and so intricately woven that as I've gone through these prophecies, it's my mind is blown from like every single time because it really proves God's hand. You know, my dad was a man and he was he was a prophet and he was obedient. But it was if you see what God has done just through him and then you see what other prophets are seeing and, and what they're seeing is confirming or they're seeing another side totally. of it. It's such an incredible thing. Totally. And it's this rise of the prophetic that is necessary right now. I keep telling this to people wherever I go. You know, we've got the fivefold ministry and, you know, People like you doing what you've done, Steve, are few and far between. You've done an incredible thing. You know, I love the idea of gathering. I even have had an idea of wouldn't it be cool if we could just get all the prophets together in one yeah. place yeah. and all of us pray together, support them in prayer, and then start the prophesying and just see what can happen. Because I think that there's, it, it was, God's timing is perfect. And it was such a time as this, for such a time as this, that we need to now understand the prophetic and it's coming out in such a beautiful way. It's like such a surprise. God is so creative. If you look at the other side, you look at the enemy and what he's doing, it's so redundant. It's so boring. I mean, look at, you know, Hollywood and the music industry right now. It's, there's nothing unique. They're remaking old movies. Yeah, they are. Doing old songs or, or looping in and trying to make something new. Where is the new sound without yeah. Yeah, the, there's, there's not a new sound yet. It doesn't feel like it's arrived. I mean, maybe there's little glimpses. Let me ask you a question or two. I want to ask, um, I don't know which one. I want to ask you, I've never asked you this. After Kim was injured, you know, I actually was called, Matt Crouch called me in and, and taped a program. I don't know if you ever saw that, but it was in the studio. I think he said it was inaugurating that brand new studio. He did his first show with us and it was our show. It wasn't his show. But uh, someone in that era of months, probably within that year, and I, it was just a rumor I wanted to ask you about, that, that it, the rumor was your mom had asked your dad, because he had a sad look on his face one of those days, and, and he was still, could still talk, I think. And she said, why are you sad? And then something like that, do you, did the Lord tell you he's going to take you home? Does that ring any bells with you? I was there. Yeah, I okay, was Okay, tell me. It was me and my mom and dad. Okay. And this was, he'd had the first stroke. And after the first stroke, he could talk. Okay. So uh, the only thing that was affected with his speech was there were some words he just suddenly found he couldn't say anymore, like cup. Cup used to drive him crazy. And so we were doing speech therapy and he was actually getting better. He could lift his arm again already. He'd lost the right side, but he was able to recovering it. And so we didn't know at the time that he had a brain tumor. You know, we obviously, we, we didn't find that out until he had had the fourth stroke, which Jeez. makes me very upset, but I won't even go there. Yeah. So after the, the first stroke, he'd been going through therapy. And this must have been, I would say, about between the 20th and 22nd of November in 2015. Okay. And he, he had the stroke and he said since he'd had the stroke, he couldn't feel the Holy Spirit. It was something oh, he, wow. he couldn't feel it. And he was weirded out. He couldn't understand what is going on. And then all of a sudden he had something happened. And he said, he just felt like the Holy Spirit just washed over him. 
And God just started revealing all of these things to him. And so mom and I were saying, well, what, what are you seeing? What happened? And he was laying in his bed. I was on, I was to his right and mom was standing to the left of the bed and we were talking to him. And he said, um, you know, that, that yes, he'd had that experience. And then we said, well, what, what is it? And he cried, burst into tears and turned his head. And, and we said, well, what is it? And I was still thinking, well, maybe he's overwhelmed with emotion from the Holy Spirit and his experience he's had. Yeah. And, um, and he looked and he said, the 26th. And mom and I were like, the 26th? What's going to happen on the 26th? And he just shook his head and he said, the 26th. Turned his head again. He wouldn't say another word. And we tried and tried. He wouldn't say anything. And on the morning of the 26th, he had the second stroke. And that was Thanksgiving Day. And uh, he never spoke again after that because the, the way that the, there was a tumor right here and right around here in your brain is a region called the Broca's, which controls not your thinking about what you want to say. You'll know what you want to say, but there's a signal that goes from the brain to the mouth to tell the mouth how to move to make the words. And he couldn't do that anymore because it had been blocked from bleeding. So that's roughly what happened. So he could understand fine because that's a different part of your brain that controls that. But right here where he bled, took his right side and his ability to speak. Now, he did. He was prophesied over by uh, Graham Cook, who is a... Oh, wow, yeah. You know, Graham Cook. And oh, Graham yeah. And him a, a prophecy that was written out. It was so important to my dad. He wrote it out in the middle, in the, in the front of his journal, uh, transcribed it, the first page. And uh, it said, in the prophecy, Graham said, you will be a citizen of heaven living on earth. Now, when dad had the stroke, he, mom and I could see it. There were times that he wasn't there. And my grandmother, who died 50 days after my dad died, had a vision of him. And he was not dead yet. My dad was still alive. My grandmother was in his office. They had they'd moved it into, changed it into a bedroom for her. Mm -hmm. She was also ill and she was 90. Oh, she died at 91. So she was dying and my dad was. Jeez. And she had a vision of dad. And she said he looked very tall, but he, he still yet because he, he had to shave his head from all the surgeries. He didn't have his beautiful hair anymore. So she saw him without the hair and he was very tall. And he looked at her. She, he was standing in the doorway of what was his office and she was in the bed and she saw him. And he looked at her and he smiled and he said to her, I am in God's dimension now. Wow. wow. And he was still with so you. Hard. There was wow. so definitely going on with him in, in those months before he died where he was not permitted to speak because he had seen, I think, maybe too much, Steve. In heaven, they, it would not be wise for him to speak it, I suppose. Well, God allowed him to stay with us because of his kids. We fought so hard. I fought God yeah. so hard. I would oh, not yeah. go. I wouldn't let him go. And God let, let us have him a little bit longer, but he wasn't able to speak, so... There's a lot to that story, and I'm actually writing it all. Right awesome. Now. Well, we look forward to hearing it, reading it, some, maybe one day yes, publishing. I will let you know because you guys um, read it. Did, I'm going to ask you this because Kat just said this like last week or the week before. Has she told you guys that she she said on the air? So this is, I'm not saying, not even talking to us because I, I brought up Kim and, and would he be prophesying from heaven? And she says, I, she said, I've seen him in heaven. She didn't say I talk with him. Did she tell you about that? And and what he was playing? Yes, she told me about the piano. Yeah. She, she, that was such a blessing to me too, 
at that time because I missed him so much. I was really close to my dad. I talked to him like every day. And so I really missed him. And um, it was just, it really comforted me in that time that 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 Kat Kerr did that. And she also gave me a ring. She really blessed me. Oh, that's she so good. By doing that. And that is so you know, good. With her, her unique uh, ability and anointing. You know, when, when your dad passed away, I, I got a call in the middle of the night. Um, from somebody who heard early, and it was so early that people wanted to know, how did you find that out? But it, I just got it early. It just, word travels. Um, but um, I was so sad, but very, very sad. But I took it in stride for a few weeks because I knew he'd been sick for a very long time. Maybe part of me thought it was. And so I didn't cry or, you know, whimper. I just thought, I don't understand. God took my friend. God took America's friend, basically. And and then Cindy Jacobs called out of nowhere, and Cindy has never called me. And she wanted to know how I'm doing. And I said, I'm doing okay. And then it came. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm weeping, saying, I miss my friend, you know. And, you know, Kim and I, I've been to his house in Texas. Then he moved. I've been to his house in California. I've been to his studio in Dallas. I've been to uh, his secrets meetings he used to do down in um, wherever that was. You know, Simi Valley, somewhere around there. And around yeah, there. and so, um, but I didn't think I was grieving until the right person asked me. <laughs> it, it's so different for everybody. Even all of us kids, we, you know, we're a big family. There's 10 of us, five adopted, five natural. Yeah. And everybody has grieved differently. And for me, I had to watch him. Whereas for most of my other brothers and sisters, it was very hard. They could not watch him. Yeah. But I had been doing it the whole time. And I was just seeing so much. God was just showing me so much. He put me through a really kind of a different experience than the others, you know. But I was also on my face weeping and praying. Wow, Donnie. And God really showed me so many things. And so he has guided me through this. This is not me. It's God. God yeah. and my dad's helping, if that's allowed. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But definitely uh, God has, got, has, has had his are you, As far as the kids, are you the one most likely to have encounters? Is, you know, it, it would I'm seem not the like only that. one. I'm not the okay. only one. All of us are very really? spiritual and very, uh, there's a prophetic, a bit of prophetic in all of us. My brother, he had written a poem that at the time, it was right before my dad uh, got sick. And the poem, I can't remember how it goes now, but it, it just, it made me weep. But it was so prophetic. It was incredible. It comes out in different ways. Yeah. Some of my siblings will dream and have visions, and some of them, you know, it's something just comes out of your mouth. I, I tend to be more like my dad in the way that I am about it, but that's just like personality stuff. But that gives yeah. all of his children. And really amazing. My son, uh, when my dad, after dad passed away, he had given me all of his journals. And in one of them, he had written, and this was about 10 years before I even had my children. And he'd written about uh, a grandson he would have at the end of his life who would be a great blessing to him and who would be a great prophet like his grandfather. Wow. And when my dad died, he only had one grandson, which was my son. Since my brothers had two, had two boys. But when dad died and my son and my dad were just bonded when he was, when he was sick and, and as he passed. And my, my little boy... He's autistic, uh, but he's a very mild case. So he can communicate and he can do normal things. He's just, he's very, he's a genius, the child is. Uh, but he also had a communication problem. And so we'd have the speech uh, therapy person really? there. And no, you're talking son, about your, your son. Your son did? He's only okay. a year or two old, but he wasn't speaking properly. Okay. 
at for his age. So we already knew something was going on. And how interesting that he would have written that. And then the, the child he's speaking of, because of the autism, has trouble speaking. That was his, that's really his only issue was the speech, uh, which he's much better now. But yeah. he, uh, at the, you know, for years now, we've had to put him through speech therapy. We had him have him in special classes so he can speak. And so that, that's a very interesting thing because the enemy will attack where God has anointed someone. Yeah. There is a special thing that has been given to our family because of the sacrifice we've had to make. Not, not only the years that we had to give up having a normal life because uh, uh, we did not have a normal life. No, uh, It was healthy, but it wasn't normal. And no. uh, we, we had to give up a lot. And then to have to give up my dad. So I, I told God, now you better do this and you better do this. <laughs> <laughs> with him. We have a good relationship. He understands. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, as a matter of fact, just from what I, little I knew of Kim and those, some of those things, I, I ended, I have ended up with that kind of relationship with the Lord where, where I'm in his face, you know, you know, it's like Abraham said, would not the God of all the universe do what's right? Far be it from you to wipe out the, the righteous with the wicked. He got in God's face and God loved that. And I'm sure your dad did. He and my daughter, every single night, my dad was sick. We would pray. And the end of the prayer, we would say, we will not let you go until wow. you bless me. And that's wow. What I said, remember? So and do you feel like, do you feel like God kept him on the earth to honor your request to keep yes. him on the earth? In other words, you're asking for a little yes. more time, I guess. He was, he, there were, he shouldn't have lived. He shouldn't have been alive. There were the amount of times he, because every time he had a stroke, they were like, it's done. It's done. And the second time he had the stroke, uh, he was in the ICU and I came rushing. They called me in the middle of the night. I rushed to the hospital. I rushed into the ICU. And when I got in there, the doctor was pinching him, you know, because they yeah. wanted to get a reaction. And he was doing this with his arms. And I said, what is he doing? And he said, he's posturing. And so what was happening is the brain was swelling. He says, if it hits the brain stem, he will die. And so he was trying to stimulate him and pinch him. And so I started shouting, dad, 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 like that. And all of a sudden, and as I'm doing that, I'm praying inside the whole time. I'm constantly praying. just didn't stop. And as I'm doing that, it was like all of a sudden I wasn't in my body anymore. I was looking down at myself, but I wasn't dead. Whoa. Whoa. Looking down at myself and I was saying, dad, dad. But I was out and it only took wow. a second, but I'll never forget it. And there was this dark cloud and I just pushed and pushed. I don't even know what I was doing. I don't know what was happening. And afterwards I felt bad. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, I don't even know what that just happened. An encounter, just an Things encounter. Things like that were happening the whole time. Wow. When he was in the other ICU, uh, the first time he had the stroke, something happened with him. And the next thing, the electricity went out in the whole hospital. <laughs> It doesn't, I mean, that sounds like what would happen with Kim. It was so typical of my dad's life for things, the way that they went. It was just very loud. Can we, ask, had dinner, we had dinner the other night with Lance, now my mother and I, and we hadn't done that in a while. And yeah. one thing that all of us noticed was the loud void of him not being there at the dinner table with us. For sure. Lance Wall now, he was a really good friend of dad's and of our families. Our families are really close. Yeah. We've really done that since dad died. And we actually sat down together the other night. It was after reawakened because he yeah. spoke after me and I had mom come on and uh, we were in, uh, where did we just go? Oh, Missouri, Branson, Missouri. Yeah. yeah. Places I'm forgetting. Yeah. Um, and that was a, that was also, you know, that was a God thing as well. 
because we really were able to talk about deeply about some prophetic mm -hmm. things. You know, I want to ask about something that happened. I've never asked you this about, and if this is a story to be told, the, I believe it was the very last time he spoke, he was recording a show. They were closing it out or something. And you're, someone from South Africa came up on the stage. To, you want to, is that something you can tell that story about? Absolutely. The very last time. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. Yes, his name is Richard Gray. Okay. Richard Gray uh, is also a prophet. And let me tell you how accurate. Because that day, the last day my dad was ever live on the air was September 5th of 2015. And he had, pro my goodness, the prophecies that came out of there. I mean, that, that alone is something we could probably cover at some point. But at the end of that broadcast, dad had actually left and he came back onto the stage. Yeah. He'd even changed his shirt. And he was wearing a red shirt, came back onto the stage. And Richard Gray had, is someone that mom and dad knew back in South Africa. They went to Fred Roberts Church, which is the church all of, all of them kind of came out of. And something about my, my, he's my, he was my great uncle. He really could recognize the prophetic in people. And he, was, he knew how to, how to help them draw it out. He was just so anointed that way. And he, he found my dad and um, uh, uh, got arrested. I'm asking him. Uh, Rodney Howard Brown, sorry. Oh, yeah. Friend of my dad's. They all came from Fred Roberts in South Africa. Under wow. the they all fought the apartheid system. And so you'll see them being very strong, like people like, like Rodney Howard Brown are very strong and bold against this, what we're seeing happen politically in America because they know from what happened in South Africa, where your vote didn't count, where you were living under apartheid laws that, that, that were just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, you know... It, you were judged and you didn't even, your voice didn't, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so Richard Gray came from that. And he just being there, it was the first time he'd ever been in California at my dad's building. They hadn't seen each other in decades. And dad said to Richard, is there anything you want to share? Because he knew how prophetic Richard Gray was. And Richard got up and he had my mom and dad put their hands together and he wrapped the blue mantle around their hands. And he, what he prophesied that day, he even talked about martyrdom. And he said, this is not judgment. This is martyrdom. And it was like, what is he talking about? And then afterwards, two days later, my dad had the stroke and then ended up passing away. Wow. It, it was like God made sure it was abundantly clear. I am not judging this man. That's I, really good. I know I didn't remember that part of it, but for anyone that would look at Kim's and say, yeah. well, you know what? God probably, he probably did something wrong and God's taken him out. Didn't do anything. But here's a guy who knew nothing about. Uh, anything he's been there the first time in California at your studio. The show is kind of all was the show over. My name, Steve. Then he says, Your daughter, Donay, she's gonna do this. And, and I was at home watching the broadcast because I couldn't, I had two babies at the time, and one was a little one and one was bigger, and so I couldn't go to the broadcast. I was watching online, and he said, My name. I'm like, What is this guy talking about? I didn't know Richard very well then. Like, what is this guy talking about? I'm gonna. At the time, I used to write for dad behind the scenes. I was a new mom. I couldn't even understand how could that possibly be. But now, and this is how the prophetic works. See, a lot of times we try to sort of look for it more immediately. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Dad prophesied when they would do code breakers. And I think, you know, in all genuine, I think that there, it wasn't just that it wasn't fulfilled. Then. I think there was just more to it. 
and they hadn't had the time to see mm -hmm. how full that picture was. Yeah. It was mind-blowing. And just doing the Reawaken America tour kind of forced me into like refining the set of videos I had because I had a time limit. And in doing so, I was able to figure out I can actually put these prophecies in order of events that have occurred. Really, really. And that's what my set is. So if you watch any, any, if you watch my Reawaken America tour set, I'm showing you the timeline of events that have occurred and intermingled and then sort of around are things that haven't like two stepping down from the Supreme Court, but we have now seen. No, we have not seen that. Roe versus Wade. That's in, in uh, yeah. his prophecies where he, just on the spot, he gets at the highest court in the land, highest court in the land. And he had just been speaking about, he went from one sentence to the other. Um, you will not uh, take children out of the womb anymore. And the hearts of once compassionate women that have cooked their own children. I mean, this is some deep. Well, and when that was, I've heard that after, because I think you either mentioned it or played something. And I thought, if I had heard that, I would have said, yes, way back in the Old Testament, some of that happened. No, it's going on today, right now. And and most of us watching today, and the sound of either of our voices is going, a year ago, I would not have believed this a possibility. Right. Now we know it's happening in very large numbers across the earth and in the United States of America. Politicians are saying, well, you're going to show up for spirit cooking tonight? Things. These people are lunatics and they're getting away with murder. But you know what? Let them overplay their hand because in, in doing that, in going all out the way they have, it's opened yeah. a lot of eyes. And we have had so many people move over and say, you know what? I may not have been a Republican before, but I can't vote for this. we got to get out of this. And that's why I think it was necessary for, for 2020 to happen because we yeah. America and the world and the world because this is going on all over the world you've got in Brazil the people are rising up because they're seeing the fraud and my dad saw this and he's it, more than one prophecy it was over and over again he saw the people of these nations rising up against corruption and that it would be exposed and that God would be doing this and so no matter what happens you know we get scared we hear nuclear war mm -hmm. who Ukraine. I mean, that alone, my dad went to Ukraine in 2014, did, started his boots on the ground. Yeah, thing. he started calling it boots on the ground. And he did. Of all the places in the world he could have gone. Did any of us think about Ukraine back no, then? No, no. I mean, I thought, I used to think, okay, Ukraine's a place. Uh, I don't really know or care about that, but he would keep going back. He had a guy that would go back for him and they'd do, because sometimes he wasn't there, but one of his... Yes. I can't think of the he guy's name. Ukraine. It was yeah. Insane. And he was, it was as if he had not fixated, but you know what? He had his heart in what was being fought there. And now, now that it's practically the center of the world's attention and the potential for the, or I wanted to bring this up too. The clip that you just played, which I had never seen, you had never seen, where he suddenly starts chanting, no more war. That's just a few minutes ago. You played that from 2007. Never heard that. And yet, Trump came on saying, we're tired of endless wars. I grew up thinking wars are inevitable. Even Jesus said wars and rumors of wars will always be with you. So we just got to get used to it. Maybe it keeps the military in practice. But Trump saw something at a higher level that there comes a time and season when we're tired of fighting wars. You know, God never was into wars, I don't think, as a as a general thing. Of course, Israel did have to fight. But, you know, so that was a hugely, instead of saying, I see the man and he's going to say, he just, he's talking about the man. 
And then he starts saying, these are chants out of nowhere. No more war. That was incredible. You see how the prophetic works. It's so incredible. And that is not my dad. That was God doing that. It yeah. was God. It was through my dad. And, and, and it's just, it's, it's the most incredible and beautiful thing. And for me, you know, lots of people will see that kind of thing. And maybe they see a little clip of my dad here and there. And it's like, oh, you know, but for me, because I know the way I know what he went through and I watched him grow in that gift. I was a child and I was watching him, always watching him. And it grew in him and it grew to a level that I don't see in anyone else still to this day. No, and I mean, that's, he's got it. It's not impossible. Well, not only that, not only was he an amazingly gifted prophet, but if I could just say it this way, he had a God birth presence about him that nobody else could ever. It was he would like, walk in, anywhere he would walk in, if it was a, a restaurant or anywhere, people would look at him because it was like, what? Who is, who is this that? man? Who is that? <laughs> I mean, you can't. But, and you know, he he dressed the part because he always would dress. Uh, as a prophet, maybe would they do in the modern days? I don't know how they dressed back then, but he kind of dressed uh, as a prophet. Jackets and boots and <laughs> yeah, oh, the yeah. the the jacket that goes halfway down to his knees, but it flares at the bottom, almost like That's a, a thing. I like that too. Is that even on my dad's side of the family? You'll find everybody sort of wears oversized things. We like our sleeves over our hand, but we like it to really? be really. I don't know what it is, but it is something I've seen, not just in only my dad. And you know what? I think my dad, God needed a prophet who would get attention. Because think about how many voices nowadays, you know, we have the internet, so there's so many people. And, and he couldn't have had someone sort of soft and timid. And he yeah. needed someone loud and bold who would get attention. And that's why my dad. And even, you know, even his South African accent, I always already had appreciation because one of the best bosses I ever had was South African. Uh, when I worked in Dallas, Texas, but then Kim came along uh, and I had lost track of them because he went other places. But that South African accent, of course, to you, it's not an accent. You're just speaking. But that South African uh, speech was just compelling. You know, it's just compelling. And we all love it over here. You know, well, God needed to get America's attention so that he sent somebody from outside. You see, yeah. that's important. God does that often. If you look through the Bible, you'll see you'll send somebody from outside because of perspective. You know, when you're in something, you're so in it that it's difficult to see. I often will tell people, and I like to do this, do to go out of town and come back if you're having an issue, because you need to pull yourself out of your situation so you can get perspective on it. So I think that God does that. He'll send somebody from somewhere else into a region or a country or whatever to, to have a good perspective. And Dad really did have a good yeah. perspective. On that, let me come back just for a minute. And then there's probably a video or two more, but... Um, yeah. The word about from um, South Africa. Did you say it's your uncle that gave that word on that last time? No, no. He he yeah. went to the same church as same my, churches. My great. Okay, so that word. We come back for just more that it's not judgment; it's martyrdom. And now you talked a few minutes ago, and I heard your mom talk about this publicly too, or even something privately. I can't remember when it also, but there was an upsetness that the doctors didn't do everything right and made some serious blunders. How do you weave that in with looking at this in retrospect where the guy is prophesying this is martyrdom, and so God God had a date set certain, it almost seems, for him to, 
to go home as part of the martyrdom. I'm not excusing anything the doctor did, don't get me wrong, but how do you weave that together? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I do know that December, I think it was 13th of 2014, he was prophesying. He said, I saw Putin and four others writing things down that I cannot repeat or I will not be alive next week. Wow. Now, I think he was seeing what they were doing with the bricks. With the bricks? Or others. I'm not sure, but mom and I have both kind of been looking at that. But after we found that he had a tumor, we asked the doctors uh, how long had he had the tumor. Was it something he'd always had? Maybe that was affecting him. Maybe that's why he could see like he could... But it wasn't. They said it started growing in the beginning of 2015. So if you think he prophesied on December 13th, I see Putin and four others writing things down that I cannot repeat or I won't be alive next week. And within two weeks, a tumor starts growing in his brain. Really? That's all I know. I also know that the doctors were really weird. Like, they weren't weird. I mean, they... There were some great doctors yeah. and stuff. I'm not complaining about that, but it was weird to me that they didn't find the tumor. Yeah, because it's like that, all they have is his head to, to work on, and they're not seeing that. Well, if you go and look up uh, the cause for hemorrhagic stroke, because it wasn't ischemic, which is ischemic is when you get a blood clot and then oxygen is blocked from your whole brain. That's not the kind of stroke he had. He had burst. It burst. And we they said it was from high blood pressure, which he did have high bl blood pressure. It was hereditary in our family. Yeah. He was on blood pressure medication. Um, and they said, well, it was from the blood pressure, high blood pressure. But he had four strokes before they found the tumor. And if you do a Google search on hemorrhagic stroke, you will find that the number one cause is high blood pressure. Number two is a brain tumor. So I don't understand why they that didn't occur to anybody. Yeah. It was a bit strange. There was such things. And you well, know, you know, I mean, it looks like, you, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to get into summarizing why God did, but, you know, you, it does make me wonder if that word was a true word of martyrdom. God may have hidden it from them because it was his time. I mean, Kat has this one thing, not necessarily, but we weren't talking about Kim, but uh, she'll often say, and she'll say it with firmness. She'll say, when a person's man mansion is done in heaven they are going home period in the story and i've always thought no when you're going home god will get hurry up and finish the mansion you know no she was saying it's the other way around when the mansion's done which which tends to th you know god, god maybe the father maybe he's the only one that knows the day and the hour of each man's passing but anyway well listen what do you have um you have another video i don't know which ones we well, played elections, elections guys elections yeah. So I want the next video I want to play you is video three on that list that I sent you. Okay. And it is called uh, Takeover and Giuliani. Have a look at this because this is, there's more to it here, but he's seeing what happened in 2020 and seeing Giuliani. So let's watch it. I'll tell you what okay. I think. Okay. Here we go. I see a king falling. I see a king falling. Saudi Arabia. Yemen. 
Solomon. Lord, you are not pleased. The wall, this wall being built that will not be completed for a takeover. Already a plan. Iran, you have wicked plans. Your wickedness cannot be covered. I've seen you, says the Lord. I've already spoken about you. Father, I just pray you'd you'd stop just for a minute. Rudy Giuliani. Oh, you may mock him, but I made him a watchman in this country. The hatred for this nation has increased. Yeah, that one. Wow, that's intense. Um, well, I've I've, ta- I've added on that Giuliani bit. Now he was. There's a lot more to that day. Where- you, when you say you know, clarify you. You said I've added on. What you mean? You've just you you, you found the clip that, found that you- clip and added it to the end of the video. So it was I- it was the same night. Are you saying it was the same yeah. night? Okay. I just I put them t- the two different prophecies together because okay. out of nowhere, Dad starts shouting about Giuliani in that that last part. So it was, he was prophesying about something else, Netanyahu, and then he shout, starts shouting, Giuliani, you may mock him, but he will be a watchman in this country again. Now, before that, we saw dad, he saw Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Solomon. Uh, the crown prince Solomon was not the crown prince Solomon then. Dad prophesied that. He only became crown prince later. Remember, I think. Oh, it's well, I'm, yeah, I remember. I, I didn't realize he wasn't at the time. because no, he wasn't. By the so time he was I heard crown prince Solomon, and he wasn't even in line to be the crown prince. His, he had brothers, and they were killed in a plane crash. So there's something there that I haven't quite figured out, but I know Dad saw Saudi Arabia and betrayal, and so that's I, that gets quite complex because it, you know uh, uh, crown prince Solomon had a good relationship with Trump and uh, um, Netan. Uh, well, and he said that that was a very strange thing for him to say. It, it, I didn't. I wasn't watching the edit, Mark. In case there was edited, it looked like it was back to back and not edited. Uh, same no, night, no. where he was talking about the wall, there's a wall that won't be completed, and it's then he season. goes, then he goes to Iran. I'm going, well, wait, or or vice versa, uh, and and I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition. There you go. You know, he said he's talking about the wall, which is what Trump didn't have time to complete because they wouldn't let him do it. At the time he prophesied that there was no talk of wall yet. Not Trump at all. No. President. So for him to see a wall not being completed because of a takeover, and then I'm showing you how he saw Giuliani, and I think about 2020, you had the takeover, and he sees Iran. I don't know exactly why, but he saw Iran, and he saw Saudi Arabia, and he saw Crown Prince Solomon and Yemen. And so all that part we haven't figured out, we will. Yeah, this is how it works. Like you, part 
start to see come out and you're like, well, what is that? And then something will happen that nobody expects. And it's like, oh my goodness, that, that's what that was. And that's how you know it's God. You know, that's how you know that came from God. But um, to see the wall not being completed and then Giuliani. And if you, you remember a 2020 election, what was Giuliani doing running around? They're like, they cheated and he's got the proof and he's running from state to state. And I watched all of it because I knew my dad had prophesied that. So when I saw Giuliani, I'm like, okay, I'm following you because nobody knew what to think. 2020 election, it's like, what just happened? And then there's Giuliani. So I followed Giuliani. Is it your observation, and this would be almost a question for other prophets as well, that he could be compartmentalizing, here's a word, the next sentence, here's a different word, and here's another different word. They might not necessarily be related, right? It's like, it's as if God says, I'm going to give you three packages to deliver to the people. They're not related to each other, just start talking. And it's up to us later to figure out where one package finished and the next package starts. And oftentimes you'll find that it, the, the way that it comes to pass, you will be at like a fork in the road. Like, what is going on here? And then it's like, oh, but remember he saw that about Crown Prince Solomon in Yemen? Now that makes sense. Oh, okay. So we know it's it's going in this direction and not the other direction that everybody's saying. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing is what happens. So yeah. it does help. It's not just like, oh, well, we only ever know in retrospect. Yeah, and it's absolutely, you know, he used the term code breakers that he, that Sunil and him did the code breaker section. Code breakers is just another word for puzzle pieces or, or uh, code breaking is you find all the different pieces and you break the code and Sunil would come on and tell Kim's viewers that here's a newspaper, here's a video clip. And uh, in fact, if I understand it right, because I remember talking to Sunil about it, Sunil told me he, there were times Kim didn't know before Sunil went on the air what the code breakers was going to be. He just let Sunil prepare the code yep. breakers and then he would find out what prophecy he himself had given and what what Sunil's understanding this probably meant. He didn't tell Sunil, you tell people what this meant, right? It wasn't that way. Oh, no. No, he wouldn't even know. And that was very typical of my dad because he was very busy. Yeah. He wasn't a person who liked to mess around with details. So he yeah. had other people that did that. And so Sunil was a very detailed... Uh, yeah. A routine person so he handled that very well he had a good eye for it and he'd sit there and he'd he'd have the prophecies and he'd have them in his head too so when he would see news he'd know and that's that's what's going on with me too and you know dad started the code breakers and he had Sunil do it and it started to grow and grow and he realized we need to make this a team Sunil needs help you know yeah he, you know would write in give us information they still do that and I actually have an email address called codebreakers at houseofdestiny.org do you and want people? Do you want people to write to them if they know they codebreakers at houseofdestiny.org? You can put yes. that on the screen in a minute. So you have heard a prophecy and you want to share it with me what you know, because I I can't know everything. So I do have a lot of people who write me in, and then they'll send me news articles and information or what they think God's showing them and what they think things mean. And my goodness, what we what we can start to see together. There and it is so, right yeah. there. Perfect, perfect. If you email yeah. that. I, I have thousands, so you may not get a reply, uh, or it may be a while before you get a reply, but it is an incredible resource um, That's really good. For, for us putting together, oh. you know. What All right, let's see. What, what else do you want to play? Um, the only other one I really had to play today was the, uh, was the Donald and Clark. Okay, so the five, number five. Video Emily. five, Donald and Clark. Let's listen to that. Here we go. 
There is a man by the name of Mr. Clark, and there is also another man by the name of Donald. You are both watching me saying, could it be that God's speaking to me? Yes, he is. Somebody, just a few minutes before you came on the show, you went out and you took the American flag and you said, I'm proud of my nation. You raised it up. And God said, you have been determined through your prayers to influence this nation. You're watching me. You're an influential person. The Spirit of God says, hear the word of the prophet to you as a king. I will open that door that you prayed about. And when it comes time for the election, you will be elected. Crazy, right? This is getting us into Clay Clark and General Flynn and the Reawaken America tour. Yeah, so you know, say whatever you want, because at first, Clay, you know, he said, before you came on the program, you did that. But what that could mean is before you came on and saw this video played three years later, it might be that, right? It wasn't necessarily live, because right. that may have been recorded at a church. Oh, I don't yes, know. Yes. And oftentimes when my dad was prophesying, he was actually aware of that. Okay. He would often say, you're watching. And he would say, or in the future. Yeah, yeah. I said that all the time. So Did he sometimes, what is your, I, I ask you this, I can't quite remember what you said when we were together in Salem. I said, did he sometimes know, like, would there have been a time when he said Donald and he knew who that was, what he was talking about? Another yeah. time he said Donald when he maybe didn't yet know. He knew. He knew, he knew. Donald Trump. And the first time I went up in the beginning at, at, at in 2016, I thought that prophecy, all of us thought that prophecy was for 2016. And you will be elected. And we thought Clark was that Sheriff Clark that just the cowboy mm -hmm. hat. Oh, right. But then 2020 happened and it changed everything on what some of these prophecies meant. And when you look at that, that is a promise that he's going to win the next one. Because Clay Clark didn't come on the scene until after the 2020 election. That's after right. COVID. That's right. And the only reason I agreed to even go on the tour is two reasons. First one was General Flynn. Uh, God told me without question, he shoved me almost when I was watching the news. Watch him, General Flynn, and what happened to him. So I knew everything that happened to him. And I was looking for the Clark. And I'd kind of given up on the Clark. And then 2020 happened. I was like, huh. And then I get a phone call. And it's a man named Clark calling me. Do you want to go on this tour with me and General Flynn? Oh, that's how it started with you? Yes. And that was the end of last year. I said, yeah, okay. And normally I would not have done that. I've never toured like that. Or Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know you to do that, to do something like that. But I knew I had to go and do that. When he invited me, I said, okay, I'll check it out. And the first place we went was Arizona, Maricopa County. Wow. First place. And I have spent the past year, every month, with, with, with the Reawaken America tour. And we are having a great time. And, um, you know, you walk around that tour, you go to you go to Clay Clark's place and it's almost like you're walking through my dad's prophecies. It's incredible. The remnant of the rise, um, the scales that would be removed from, the, from their eyes and they're one party of people and they're one, they're one, they're one. And he didn't say it's just Republican because now everything is transforming. Um, OK, so people are saying all the time, you know, I love Donald Trump. We love you, President Trump or whatever. But it seems to me, from what I've seen, you've been going on all these tours. I've only gone on one of them, uh, even though I'm invited to all of them. I just don't tend to go as much. But um, I think they're now saying, we love you, Kim Clement, even though he's, by the time most people have heard about him on this tour, 
he's already gone. Do you have that sense that they're celebrating your dad? Oh, huge. And you know how amazing it is. Well, you get on the stage, there'll be thousands of people and you say, who, who knows who Kim Clement is? And every single person lifts their hands. They all jump up and shout. And I'm, that just, that makes my heart happy. Of course. Oh my very God. happy to see that. And to see that, that in some way we've been able to help in this time because America's going through a very difficult time right now. And, and if we can help in any way that-, that Well, you know, and you- I, been able to Maybe we'll close on this part because you started to tap into that and you maybe could have gone just even a little farther, but you started to tap into the fact that because of the way your dad- Kim said this, and because he saw this, we now know it's going to get much better. But so, in other words, you're you live in those prophecies. Of course, I know you're a person of the word and all that. I'm not saying it, you're putting that above, yeah. but but you live because you, you're going around the country talking about it. So, I'm guessing you're pretty encouraged about the future of this nation. Yes, we're going to be fine. <laughs> I'm going to today about how it's going to go because the process is very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> These people are so unfair. It's just terrible. Um, but you know what? I don't want to, I don't, I don't like the divisiveness. Yeah. And I don't like violence. And I get very upset w when those things happen because it's, it's, it's a misrepresentation. But you know what? You, people have been pushed too hard. And God knew this was going to happen. And he made a plan. And he even said through my dad, some of those prophecies, dad said, I've put a veil. There's a veil on this nation. And I did it, said God. I will fool the people. It's almost like God had to do that in order to shake everybody and wake them up and say, listen, you people are getting into trouble. And it's not time yet to pull it together. Church. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> There's so much division in the church now, too. You see, this is the enemy dividing. These Christians against Christian nationalists. And, and they, oh, my goodness, the things they've said at us about Reawaken America. I mean, they've called us white supremacists. And gosh, two-thirds, I think, of the speakers are not even white. They're people of color. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. So they've now invited uh, all the news outlets that don't, that have spoken negatively to come. Please come. Because you can't, you can't keep telling the same lie over and over again unless you just stop showing footage. Because oh, it's going on there. It is a gathering of people who nobody is violent. Nobody's in, uh, wanting any of that. Nobody is a white supremacist. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, Everybody that's right. are Christians and conservatives. Some of them are not Christians. Uh, some of them are Muslims. Some of them don't believe in God at all. But there, there's a common uh, thing. I think what I've said about the Reawaken America tour is it, it, it is a conservative event hosted by Christians. That's good. Yeah. That's what's going on there. And it is not, uh, it is just the most beautiful experience. I mean, I've been blessed. The people that come and, and it, it helps you because when we're all sitting at home alone watching the news, we don't know like who thinks this and who, how many people are thinking this and like, am I alone? And then you realize you're not alone. And the same happened with Italy. When the prime minister of Italy gave that speech, that lady, she gave that, I've forgotten her name now. She gave that speech. I burst into tears because if you listen to what she was saying, I realized, oh, it's not just here in America we're feeling that way. They feel like that in Italy right now. Because look at all of them are reacting the way we are. And then look in Iran and how they're rising up in Iran and places in South America like Brazil and, and Cuba. What's happening in Cuba? Like all these people, they're, they're, they're fighting it. And, and, and then you realize, okay, we're not alone. And, and everybody around the world is kind of dealing with this bigger issue, which is this sort of globalist agenda that yeah. we're going on. 
and and you know that's then you start getting into into your old testament prophets and end time stuff when we can't yeah. today but it has given me not only my eyes are wide open i mean i understand so much more about how the systems work and what's going on and you can so obviously see these people are laundering their money these politicians are mm -hmm. laundering money through ukraine that's why impeachment when when trump picked up the phone and called zelensky Oh, they panic. We better impeach him. And they distract, distract, distract because Rep Republican and Democrat on both sides. This mm -hmm. is not about a side. This is about good and evil. And good and evil exists in whatever box they have created. So yeah. they race, gender, transgender, and mm -hmm. religious, and whatever boxes they want. The truth is, in the heart of every human being is the choice for good and evil. That We know that from Genesis on. That is what we're dealing with. And so... You know, I really, I'd love to see. Oh, uh, um, well, I'm excited to see. Yeah. To well, see you know, I'm, I'm, pardon me for bringing this one up a third time, but it made such an impression on me when you played that video today because I hadn't seen it. Where we know you mentioned the globalist agenda a few minutes ago. Yes. And what do they want? They want war. And what did Kim prophesy in a chant? No more war. That's where God's heart is. And that's why we know we don't have to fear about the war. This. The war is coming because God's fed up with it, as we now know through Kim Clement. And God is going, God has basically taken the reins. Good. Like, not like Good. he didn't have them before, but I think, yeah. he's, you know, something's out. He's in control. He's in yeah. control. And, 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 and what my dad saw and prophesied and a lot of other people uh, who, who are prophetic people and prophets that God's showing them. It is, we're all seeing the same thing, and that's victory. And I won't see anything else, and I won't say anything else. And I'm wearing red today, and today is going to be a victorious awesome. day. Good. Yeah, I did the same thing. We got the red tie, I got the flag. We're, <laughs> we're dressed to plunder the We're winning here. today. And anybody who hasn't seen Trump's speech from last night, go watch good. it. Was I, I, by the end of it, I was crying. Good. I even messaged Eric Trump on Truth Social. I said, Your dad, he did so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trump, cry he's great <laughs> yeah yeah he is a great man i'll tell you what i love that guy that's what i said to my wife the other day i said it already on the show i looked at we were talking about it and he was on one of those speeches and i just looked at her and i said i love that guy you know it's kind of how i felt like your dad whenever he would speak i kind of felt the same way it was like there is a similarity and yeah. there's nothing similar about either of them except yeah. for that thing that they carry yeah um, so so fail. so good well, Donnie, uh, God bless you. So, so good today. Okay. Be sure to give our my love, especially to your mom, Jane. Uh, I haven't seen her for quite a while, but uh, she was, of course, when I visited your home, she was there both of those times. So I feel like we've right. been in, each, in a home, but we miss uh, her. I, I don't get a chance to watch your program much, but uh, anyway, give our love to, to her and, and we'll be watching for that eight-year-old son of yours to be the next budding prophet uh, after mom. So... Thank you again, Donnie. I appreciate it. Have a great day. Go vote, everybody, if you haven't already. Vote, and vote, vote. Vote, vote, vote. Overwhelm the, the system. Beat the cheaters. There you go. All right. All right. Have a good day, everybody. Let's see. Tomorrow is Wednesdays with Kat and Steve. We will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.